0: DJ Nation, Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Wells Fargo Championship. As usual, I am here with the GBP King, the Canadian Pitbull, everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tamberley. Tyler, what is up, my friend?
1: Don't know if I'll be your favorite Canadian after we have this each-way conversation today, Kenny, but we'll we'll get to it. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone, very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. If you haven't yet done so, jump on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. A lot of stuff incoming right now. Like Kenny said, Wells Fargo this week got a designated event. We got another major coming up in two weeks, the PGA Championship. So now is the time to hop on. A lot going on at Picks. You can get in on all different kinds of picks, plays, tons of different ways. Check it out pricepix.com. Use promo code MMN to get that bonus on. Sign up. Kenny, the each way king. What's going on? What's happening? You got your money. You, Results oriented. You were right. You won six right. extra dollars. Let's go ahead and
0: talk about the the last week first, and then we'll get into that. Okay, so, okay. We'll save it. So, so, so this past week, of course, was, I don't even remember what fucking tournament was. Off Mexico the, Open. It? Mexico Open again. Uh, you know, we had our top two dogs up there, Rahm and Finao. Fina out there. I mean, if I Think Rom, Finao, Homa, and Tom Kim have won like 15 of the last like 30 events, something like that. Like those That's four guys, she- Sheff- yeah, yeah, Scheffler too. Yeah, Scheffler too. Throw those guys actually, like not even Scheffler. If you throw Scheffler in there, it's like they've won like 20. Those five golfers have won like 20 of the last 30 events, which is just crazy. Uh, if you think about it, uh, we don't have to. Deal with any Rom or Scheffler this week. But female's in it again. Uh, I would not be shocked if his ass goes back to back. We saw it last week. Um, you know, enjoyable tournament. You know, the studs were there. Everyone gives Tony a hard time for now not winning the big time events. But he held off John Rahm in the final group. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's something to hang your hat on. The best player in the world uh, this year. Tony went out and beaten Tony. The way he's been playing this year. Reminds me of someone this week who I think can win as well, Sung J M, uh, a guy who has just been literally um man, that's a really important call I should take, but we're in the middle of the pod, so I'm not gonna take it. Um so uh you know, Sung J uh has been going through this season with, you know, 10th, 15th, 18th, 21st, 13th. It's always in that top twenty-five range playing well but just hasn't really gotten past that limit and you finally saw it happen this past week um uh, you know again the field wasn't great but it did take down John Rom. Sanjay going through the same thing I think six seven top 25s in a row a win's coming for him I could see it this week um other guys of course Akshay uh Batia uh he went off he played very very well him and Rom were two of my cash game cornerstones so they finished second and fourth uh, pretty easy cash even with the MJ Duffy uh miscut uh five six it was still A OK. Um did a uh so it was a pretty decent week. I, I did pretty well in GPPs with 45% Tony Fiena. Um I think I had you know 30% ROM just like where everyone else had a ton of ass axe too. So uh good week overall for me. Uh what do you think of the event?
1: Overall, you know is what it is the Mexico Open. I thought that uh you know in hindsight Going back to even last season, another event that Tony Finau was in the mix at was the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, Another, you know, sort of nation event, nationwide open event. In the Canadian Open, we had all the best players. Remember the way it shook out? It was the live opening, all that stuff. And what happened? All the best guys rose to the top in a very bad field. Otherwise, same thing here. Start your lineups, Rom Finau. There's a bunch of guys that found their way into the top. The Smothermans, the Taylors. Champ was cheaper on the board. Harry Hall was 7,400, I think, last week. Toasty got through toasty toasty this man 6500 no one even knew what he looked like last week to get him to 12 percent ownership and the guy comes in and just crushes with uh i think he had an eagle or two on the final round like the guy just went off did his job so he ended up in those lineups and then a bunch of other guys as well kevin roy uh, vincent norman was popular at 7200 sig at 7k all those guys but either way it's another event we tackled it those two coming in the exact top two i believe i didn't look back the broadcast was talking about obviously we knew the previous year was Rom Finau versus this year was Finau Rom. but wasn't Brandon Wu up there last year too? He was third. I think it was like the same one, two, three. It's but the same one, one, two, two three. Flips. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Um, Akshay, who you talked about, just showed some incredible stuff. And on Sunday, didn't have it really, but you know, looked good over the the first three days. The Saturday round, really good now, though some of those powers you said it kenny you know taking a little bit of flack i know the guy plays and wins these terrible events and that's what happened last year you mentioned earlier when he went back to back and that was uh, featured on the netflix special full swing where it was him going they didn't give him the credit he walks out the next week i think it was the bmw or something and wins that at the timing of that uh, situation so the point being uh, he could go back this week i got no problem but like you said he still held off the world number one in the same group did not falter and really some of those power putts that he had to have just making those was incredible. There was like two holes there. I think it was eight and 11 or can't remember the exact ones, but just two huge pars that could have changed it huge or big time in the other sense. And he goes out and gets the job done on those too. So to me, you can only beat what's in front of you. Anybody can join it. If they want to, they won't because we know how the schedule sets up. But the point being, he beat everybody that was there. And realistically, the some of the conversation going in, even from myself included last year with Rom, Like, well, it's not a birdie fest. This year actually was more of a birdie fest and Eagle fest and all that stuff. But last year, I think it was 17 under Rom got the job done. It was by one stroke. Usually in these types of events, Kenny, you see other guys come up. That's why you saw some of these guys that were in the mix and start taking it down. You could see them get lucky and have those rounds or maybe Batia could have had that 64 on Sunday or something and get the job done there and put a, put a low number. But either way, Fina held him off, got it done by three, could have got it done by four or five. I thought he looked fine on Sunday. So congrats to him. Huge event, huge win for him. Six wins now. I think they said it's five in the last 20 events or something like that, or 18, just going off. So good for Tony. And funny enough, just another little tidbit there. You mentioned it on Sung Jay. There's another guy this week that's going through the motions of top 20s, Kenny. And back, it's a guy that's actually won here before in the past, a one Ricky Fowler, who everyone's talking today about his price squeezed right between Justin Thomas and Cam Young, who we'll get to that later when we get to the tiers, but another guy that's going through the motions. A lot of these guys, man, just they're right there. They're right there. They're right there. It only takes one to pop off. So see what happens this week. Any other thoughts from you on the event? Just general all around happenings. I mean, Rom's round on Saturday. Incredible. 61. Just couldn't miss. Michael Kim was on his Twitter. He's getting getting a little bit better at Twitter. Was talking about how incredible it was to be in the presence of greatness and a guy like Rom playing at his absolute finest, but that was a, a crazy round on Saturday.
0: No, I got nothing to add. Let's talk about each way betting. Uh, again, I'm new to the each way betting scene. I've only probably been doing it since like late March. So like four or five weeks uh, I've been doing uh, the each way betting. And so what I did, I bought to you. He was 90 to one and I had him five places each way. So Tampa, why don't you explain or I guess just what that means by itself, nothing else. Just yeah. how the each way pays out and how
1: how the each way betting works.
0: Go ahead, I'll explain it and, and then I'll go over more of my scenario afterwards.
1: Real easy. You 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 had Batia at ninety to one. You chose to put twenty four dollars on it, but you split it. You split your stake, so you had twelve dollars on the ninety to one, and you had twelve dollars on the each way. In this case, was a one quarter odds at five places, which means if he comes top five, you get paid out twenty two point five to one on that twelve dollars. If he wins you get paid out the twenty-two to 5 to one on that $12 and the 90 to one on the other $12. So where $24 at 90 would pay X, you'll see your bet only pays a maximum of this amount. And I'm not doing the math in my head right now, but based on everything I just explained. So your decision, and then you can go into it, was to see where you're at. And when you got there, you cashed out at the, whatever they were giving you based on your $12 each way bet, or $24 total split 12-12. Yep, go ahead. So after round three, Batio was two back. Uh, he was tied
0: with Rom and 17, two strokes behind Finau. They were all going to be playing in the same group. So the way I thought about this situation, the cash-out option I had was $290. Uh, I think that's $6 more than what I would have made if I took the cash-out at the end of the tournament, okay? Uh, the $6 ain't shit. So it was basically the same amount. Uh, that I would have won if I waited until the after the final round. My train of thought was there's no way he's going to beat Rom and Finau, Okay. And I personally think that the odds of him dropping out of the top five, he was about four or five strokes ahead of the top five. He had cushion uh, going into Sunday. But I was like, I think it's more likely that he gets caught up in the moment playing with two of the best golfers in the world for the first time in his life in a final round Sunday. Uh and so I thought, well, he's not going to win. I think his odds are way higher and I was not correct about this, but I uh, at least when it comes to pure math, I was not correct, but I I thought that his odds of him dropping out of the top 5 were going to be a lot higher than him winning the event. Now, after I put this out on Twitter, I had people telling me I was an idiot. That's cool. I'm here to learn myself. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Because this is this is new to me. I've only been doing it for about five weeks. Um, and so you guys at home can learn with me. Um, so what uh, Josh Perry told me was uh, one of the best follows out there, one of the sharpest gamblers out there. And that man puts like his mortgage on the line every week. Uh, I, you know, he ain't like me betting a couple hundred dollars uh, a, a week or or like $500 on draft a week. He's putting thousands up there. He's a very, very sharp guy. Uh, if you don't follow him, you have to go follow him. Just ask me on Twitter. I don't know his Twitter handle off the top of my head. Uh, but what he told me was there was an 8% chance, uh, just mathematically, uh, that, uh, that Batia could win. And there was a 10% chance that he could fall out. So basically that means there was like 90% chance that he was going to win or stay in the top five. And that was the mistake I made. Because, Tambo, explain to the people how the math works in that situation and why I should have kept the bet going into Sunday.
1: Yeah, and some books just so people are aware out there, don't even let you cash out each ways in some cases because it's just kind of like, that's what you set yourself up for. You're getting all of it. Or you're getting the top five when it shakes out at the end at the twenty two and a half in your case would have been around two seventy. So you came out in the end, just so people know, results oriented. You came out like twenty bucks ahead at the two ninety, but yeah, yeah. that's not what we're looking at. And this was the case, and that's why again, it's not you. I'm not coming at my boy Kenny here. I'm just saying the cash out for suck. No, I mean obviously, like that's, money. I mean, that's why they put it up there. They're hoping someone sees this and is like, oh, let me just take my money now because, well, it says there's only a nine give or take nine percent chance that he wins. It's golf. It's one round. Literally anything could happen. He posted, he hits a 64. Rahman Fina posts 68. He's only back two. Boom. He wins. Like that. That's the case that we were looking at. Is it, is it, is it likely there's pressure? Yeah. Is it likely, you know, he's going up against two of the best. He's two, two favorites of the field by a wide margin. The guys that finished top two last year and it's Batia. I get it. I'm saying there's more to it. I'll get to it in a sec, but that was the point there. The bigger factor was the one, you know, you were calculating like the, the win odds versus the top five odds taking money that you were hoping for a top five so realistically to me and to everybody i think that's out there is saying you should only be looking at the top five odds this guy had a four stroke gap on falling out of the top five on top of that still involves what others behind him do that still involves what if rom comes back and on the bigger part what if he does his job and goes out and does well it's a scoring course he's playing incredible golf you bet him for a reason you thought he could win it should be no surprise when you get there. I know you've got more rebuttal to this in a second. It's good for people to learn from. But when you go and see him up against Fienon Rahman, what did you expect? I know this is a rare scenario where it actually was those two, but it's like the tournament started when you bet his number in the with Rahman market. I'm good. I'm glad that you did. I like that market. You got a better number. You had a better each way because of it. But my point being, it shouldn't have been a surprise there. He's only two back. So what you should have seen is, and this did play out. This is results oriented, but this is the math going back to it. He had a 91% chance to, to top five, which means stay up there. He had, just so people know, the worst round of anybody in the top 25 to end the tournament yesterday. And he still cleared top five by two strokes. That's how, like, that was the math. And that's why taking the bet, you still came out ahead. And most people said, well, either way, Kenny still did good. He still got his money. And that, that's okay. But what it is, you're supposed to, unless it's like life changing money or whatever it might be, you should be free-rolling that situation. And if it really, if he does fall out, because it's not a free-roll, there's a 9% chance, you're right. But if it falls out, so be it. We move on to next week and that's what we bet it for. There was a way high, like the likelihood of the math and everything that was there was that he was gonna hang on. And if he doesn't, you just pack it up and move on to next week. Now that's not how you fully think. People love you because you are unapologetically yourself, genuine, you threw it out there. Even after people came at you as jokes on Twitter, you said, no, 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 I might've fucked this up. Let me know what's up. What's the met? What's the thoughts? What's the breakdown? And and so it's okay. And that's where I'll kick it back to you because you have a different side to this. You're seeing it from a different angle. So go ahead and speak on that. Yeah. Like, okay. For the thing about me, people are asking me why I cash out. It's not life-changing money. No,
0: it's not. I mean, it's like 270 bucks. It's whatever. 290 bucks. But I judge how I'm doing on a week-to-week basis on a winning week. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if I win thousands or $25. You know what I'm saying? Like the way I judge how I'm doing in DFS and gambling and stuff like that is on a week to week. How many weeks have I won? How many weeks have I lost? Uh yeah. Some you know, some weeks I'm going to win a lot more than other weeks. You know, but and a loss is just a loss. That's how I go about me playing these games. You know, because I you know I'd like to keep a winning record, a winning week more than half the time. You do that then you know you should be close to at least broke break even which is you know a goal of mine you know what i'm saying like in eight years nine years i've done this i've only been up three years i've been up in eight years i've been up three years i've been um right by right around even within like 200 dollars of even uh two years uh and then i've lost three years uh so i mean that's that's how my game has gone uh through through this time and you know uh, the last couple of years have been losses because of, of you know, I haven't been that great gambling uh, betting. I've only hit like I don't know in the last two years. I've probably only hit maybe ten outrights uh, or something like that, which is you know not great. Uh, you know, now the two years prior to that was crazy when I was on my heater before COVID hit. Uh, you know, those two years were insane, and I was I won like six. I, I hit six outrights in the fall of two thousand nineteen. The false swing, there's only like 10 events. I hit like six of them. So, I mean, there's always ups and downs when it comes down to it. And it's been sort of down the last couple of years. But now with the E-Train market that I have, uh, I like playing it. And I like trying to learn more about what I should do and what I shouldn't do in that situation. So, basically, in that situation, I should have just let it ride because it, 90% chance that I was going to get the top five
1: anyways. It was so much know? in your favor, but just to answer, like to say one point to what you said there, because I think a lot of it's good. And again, it's the way the <clears> way, <throat> way you think about it. Like, And it's your money too. People need to remember that. It's your money. The math says a shirt, sure, like a, a way to go here. Yes. But my only thing would be in the rebuttal that I'm sure many have that were following along and going with that is you just said like your, your main thing was to take it and make sure you had a winning week because those winning weeks are so important to you. But what we're we're trying to say from the math side of things, just the basics, is that you were so likely to get that protection. get the win anyways, right? But but, but what you really took off the table when you cashed out was you may have made up for your next four losing weeks if he goes out and wins and gets a job. I know your gut said there was no chance, but we were talking two strokes, playing great golf. Anything can happen on this type of course where scoring's crazy. It was definitely a possibility. And if you lose it, you lose it. But what we're saying is you were pretty much in the clear. It's, I'll call it free rolling. Nothing's free rolling, but you were so close to that. And if he goes on to win, you could have cost yourself like three or four, made yourself three or four more, however you want to look at it, whichever angle, three or four more winning weeks by protecting it, by getting a win in this spot and not cashing out from that potential win. And likely still where, like I said, worst round of anyone in the top 25 on Sunday still clears the each way by two strokes. It was just very, very, very likely and with how good he was playing fearless too yeah so, so
0: basically i missed out on that small chance that he could have won is basically what it comes down to Almost and a of course, of, Almost course there, of course there yeah of course there was a chance uh, of him winning but i just didn't think it was going to happen uh yeah. and that's the way i thought of it before now if i go back into the situation i'd probably let it ride now what would you have done if if okay so he was tied for second at um at uh at 17 what if there were five guys at 16 under would that have been maybe a sharper play to take the cash
1: out you 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 do have to look at the math I probably would never like I said I, I would assuredly never cash out because I just can't think of the spot where it's going to be enough for me to care and, and see it from that angle they're also not likely to give you some books won't even give it to you at all as a cash out option also like I said if they are it's likely what people would call it, they call it like a cash out for suckers, but it's not really. It's just like, it, it is, and it isn't. They're doing it because they're like, holy shit, the math says this. Let's hope that he takes 15 to 20% less than this spot is actually worth and go from there. They really, I mean, in the end, it is what it is, but I'm just saying that's really what they're trying to do in that spot versus you could just let it ride. And in the end, it would have been fine either way. But all I'm saying is people that were focusing on. He was right. He only had like a 10% chance to win. Not even I
0: I, I get all that. that.
1: People can't focus on that when it was, you were protected no matter what in the top five to a 91% chance. So you just, yeah, he's unlikely to win. We all know that he's going up against Ram and Fino in a final group in a tournament. He's only two back, but that wasn't the focus. The focus was you had almost 91% chance to get your each way money anyway, which was only 20 bucks less in this case. Just let it ride. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, no, no, I understand. I think it's hundred percent correct. That's probably what I should have
1: done. Uh I, I agree with that. I just I just didn't so think you like need that. To, say, though, Kenny, to, to put some props back to you for a thought process, though, is like you didn't even mention here we talked pre-show some, but like you said, like some that don't know about each way betting and are just getting into it. Like you just you mentioned, look at the top five odds on him and look at what you get with this spot. Forget about what we just talked about, because cashing out or not, all that. But the point was you do you did pick up better top five odds on him yes by going this way and choosing to pick that way so i mean that that's another thing again just- and that's really why i made the bet you know what i'm saying like yeah i have him as an outright but
0: you know i thought it was more likely it was going to be a top five and then you know but then again you know if you think about it if i put all 24 dollars on a top five which is like plus 1800 or something that's like why that, it's
1: the opposite exactly i
0: probably would have made more money that way so i don't know it, 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 I understand the way it is, and maybe you. I, I get to the point that if you didn't think he would win, why place that bet? I, I think I understand it a little bit more today than I did at that point in time, uh, just because if I went ahead and just put that $24 just on the top five
1: really thought instead he was the getting outright. The top five, put it on that, or go to the yeah. without raw market and put yeah. it on that, and then hope it's just Finau that stumbles against Like, But really, if the way you said it to me was like you bet it for the top five, I get yeah. why you did that for the better odds, I was saying. But uh, to your point, that's what people are saying. Why didn't you just take that money and slam it all on a top five then or something? If that, if that's Yeah, the, yeah. Even, that even though the odds are worse, I'm still putting the same more money into
0: that than I than the top five on the each way. So it would pay more. So I, I, I understand that. Yeah, uh, I don't know what completely. you said. So,
1: top, what did you say his top five odds were? I think it was like
0: plus 1,800 or something like that.
1: Well, yeah, like you would have. It's almost. A, it's like 150 or 160 bucks more, and yeah. right, if that's all you were really playing for. But this way, the reason that's better is that you get better top five odds, and, and so that's why we bet the each ways is because of this. You don't have to bet that lower number, and you get to take the shot. But that's what everyone. That's the whole argument here is that you had. Yeah, the, I, I, that's you what had I. That's what I understand now better. now better. To get those odds, plus you had the chance that what if he hits that low number on Sunday in Mexico where it could happen, and. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you know, he's fourth place standalone by two strokes over fifth. Still, he was just in a really good spot. You had to you have to let that ride. That's all. All
0: right. That sounds good. Uh, let's move on to uh, our Listener League winner. Uh, our winner this week, of course, I am not ready because we were talking about all this stuff and I wasn't paying attention. Uh, also, I'm getting text messages about work and I had this huge job coming up. Uh, It's a government job. And if I win the job, my boss told me I can get a six figure bonus. So uh, <laughs> I am definitely trying uh, to win this job, but I'll, I'll take care of that afterwards, uh, after the pod. The, the jokes um, that
1: never end. Kenny's Kenny's waiting on a six-figure bonus, cashing out two seventy. <laughs> I know, right? Give me I that two hundred seventy
0: bucks, baby. Six hey, hey you know what? Bonus. Like I
1: said, it's honest. I I I, 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 I want to,
0: I want winning weeks. It's not really about the money. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I want to be able to mark down this week as a winning week, and that's that's the way I went about it. Um, all right. So the listener league winner for this past week was my bad rash. I've had a few of those. Um, he, uh, I, I do. It looks like some type of clock. Uh, I'm sure it's a clock. That's been on a golf course, uh, but my bad rash. Uh, he came in first. He had Tony Finau, the winner. Um, who was 30% owned in the listener league. That's Solid work. Of course, he finished first. Emiliano Grio, who we will talk about later, 9% owned. Uh, Finished in fifth, playing really good golf. Uh, Lashley, statted out really well last week. I ended up playing a little bit of him. 10% owned, finished in 39th. Harry Hall, uh, $7,400, 5.5% owned. He had a really nice finish with the top 10 at minus 13, and he had Batia. Uh, Of course, he finished fourth solo, uh, 19% owned. What would you think?
1: Uh, one of the best lineups I've seen in all, all season of us doing this actually. For from a roster construction standpoint, when you took slate dynamics and that results did, it's the, one of the better lineups. I think six eighty five or something won all the main GPPs. So incredible score, but I'll, I'll explain it really quickly. So um uh, or Rom decision was made up top. That's fine. I, I don't nothing to do with that. But if you look, ten k, eight k, eight k three seven Ks. even that nowadays in roster construction standpoint people understand this and they see it okay i'm going to skip some zones we have this conversation on here all the time kenny about like for example they skipped the entire 9k range which had wyndham clark gary woodland Hoyguard, rogers benny on like all all these guys benny Ann, where, where people were on these guys in some way shape or form skip that entirely and just avoids that fomo of whatever happens happens i'm going to hop down to woo and grillo and then I'm going to round it out with three 7K guys. But one of the most interesting parts is not only ending at 7,400, but if you remember last week, the main guys were like Will Gordon, Lee Hodges, Luke List, Joe Bramlett. Some of them did good. Jo- jo- Joseph Bramlett did well. But just to say, that was the-, the hot spot, the upper 7K range. And instead, my bad rash went Lashley, Hall, Batia. Batia and Finau, top and bottom, heavily owned. The middle, all 10% are under while skipping zones, while skipping some of the chalk zones within the zones, if if that makes sense. So definitely from a roster construction standpoint, if I'm looking at it from a strategy perspective, one of the better lineups I've seen all season on here, maybe the best, to be honest. So shout out to my bad rash. got him in the Tournament of Champions, which is going to be incredible. This year, I can tell you that already, just looking ahead, it's going to be one of our best ones there. And then on top of that, we'll see him in the three-man this week.
0: All right, so let's get to this week. Let's get to the course. PGA Tour into Charlotte, North Carolina. This week as uh, golfers play the Wells Fargo Championship and Quail Hollow Golf Club. Uh, the course was revamped a bit for the PGA Championship five years ago. Uh, but, you know, it looks like the extreme difficulty of Quail Hollow during the PGA Championship is not going to be in play uh, this week. Now, this course is not a cakewalk by no means. I mean, the winning scores the last few years are like minus 10, minus 12, minus 9, minus 14. It, it's going to be in that type of range. So, This is not an easy course. Uh, the first five holes are actually all redone or dramatically altered uh, in that, in that uh, course renovation in 2016, 2017. Uh, There's also a bit of smaller changes on 9 and 11. Uh, three main differences that happened uh, during this was uh, hole number one uh, was dropped to a 495-yard uh, uh, par four. Uh, the par three fourth hole dropped about 20 yards, uh, and now plus the course now only has three par fives not four, uh, outside of the first five holes, uh, the course is going to look pretty similar, uh, you know, what people have seen prior to the change. And so, you know, I don't know when you look at course history, because course history is relevant at this course, uh, pretty, I think it's top 10 most relevant, uh, relevant, uh, when it comes to course history, uh, in, in the last, uh, 10 years or so. And, uh, You know, looking prior to 2017, it's a little bit different back then. Four par fives, a lot easier type course. Winning scores were in the high teens. It's not like that anymore. And another thing that you notice in these elevated events here recently, what you notice is, you know, some of these courses where they've only had one and a half, two inch rough the years prior A lot of these elevated events that all these courses that have been hosting elevated events have had a little bit thicker, higher rough than they normally have had. I don't know if their PGA is doing this on purpose to make it more challenging uh, on these elevated type events, but it's something that we've seen uh, throughout the year. So, I mean, the grass, the 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 rough here usually only about one and a half to two inches. If it gets to two and a half to three inches, something like that. I mean. It could get real tough. I mean, minus 10 is realistically could win this event. Uh, you know, minus nine could win this event if if it's going to be like that. And so we'll have to check and see and read the reports uh, as the week goes on on how thick that rough is going to be. Uh, now, of course, uh, best the course is best known for its closing three stretch hole, nicknamed the Green Mile. Uh, one of the toughest closing stretches on tour, and no lead is safe on Sunday going in uh, the 16, 17, and 18. Uh, the 16th hole, 508 yard par four, 17th, 221 yard par three, 18th, 500 yard par four. That's three very, very long holes, nicknamed super appropriate. If golfers play these holes at even par, they're going to deserve a pat in the back, and they might be holding the trophy when it comes on Sunday. Uh, now, on the other side of the spectrum, if your golfers are at or near the cut line coming into these three holes on Friday, you're going to need to say a little prayer. Um, now, you really notice the length of the course when you see the yardages of where most approach shots are hit from. Since 2005, uh, over 55% of all approaches have come from 175 yards or more. And that percentage could go up, uh, you know, has been up a little bit more in that the last few years. Uh, just because uh, the old par five fifth hole being dropped uh the old par five fifth hole being dropped to a long par four uh so no laying up on that one everyone's just going for it so that adds another uh you know definite over 200 yards over 175 yard uh uh, approach approach shot uh now quail golf club 7600 yard par 71 four par threes three par fives the par fives are reachable by the majority of golfers in the field, as long as the fairways have a bit of roll and the course isn't soaked. Uh, golfers need to take advantage of the par fives, as they are some of the easiest holes on the course. Looking at previous winners here, the majority of them, you know, dominated the par fives. Like when James Hahn won like seven years ago, he was minus nine on the par fives. Rory won. Uh, you know, not in 2020, but the time before that, he was minus 13 on the par fives. J.B. Holmes in 2014, minus 10 on the par fives. Uh, the courts played as a par 71 with only three par fives for the PGA Championship. Justin Thomas still shot minus seven on the 12 par fives on his way to victory. Um, three, three years ago, or... I'd say about five years ago was the uh, first time Quail Hollow only had three par fives for the Wells Fargo. Jason Day shot minus nine on the par fives on his way to his win. Uh, the par threes, fairly lengthy as three of them are in the 200 to 250-yard range. Even par, great score on the par threes this week. The par fours, for the most part, very long. Uh, seven of the par fours range from 449 to 500 yards. Two of them are 500 to 525 yards. Uh, And there's also two very short and possibly drivable holes, eighth and the 14th. Uh, Typically, the rough and the fairways are overseeded with ryegrass and blended with the Bermuda grass this time of year. The greens are normally Bermuda, overseeded with Poa trivialis. Uh, Now, after the conclusion of the Wells Fargo every year, uh, the greenskeeper, they, they lay an herbicide that kills all the rye and Poa on the course, and it goes full Bermuda, uh, until the fall but you're gonna get a blend uh at this time of the year especially since of course the weather's been sort of chilly uh the last couple of weeks here uh in the mid-atlantic now four years ago during the pj was it? five years ago during the pj championship oh i just lost my spot that sucks give me one second guys Okay, so five years ago during the PGA Championship, uh, the course was for Bermuda, but it won't be this year. Uh, now, off the tee golfers will seen narrow to average width, tree line fairways that are some of the hardest fairways to hit on tour, with an occasional fairway bunker and water only on a few holes. Less than 50% of the fairways have been hit by golfers since this tournament began here in the early 2000s. Uh, but since the trees aren't that bunched up and there aren't too many bunkers or water off the tee, missing fairways won't mean automatic bogey. But the normal two-inch rough is tall; it's sort of gnarly. Like I said in the in, in, in earlier, if it gets to three inches, it's going to make it a lot tougher. Uh, when golfers miss the fairway, hitting it long, of course, will be helpful since it's much easier to hit a shorter iron to the green out of the thick rough. Accuracy off the tee is going to be useful. But J.B. Holmes won here with only 26 of 56 fairways hit. Jason Day won here, 2018. Hitting less than his less than half of his fairways, too. So it's obviously not the end-all be-all. Uh, I wouldn't avoid shorter hitters altogether. Uh, if they have good green irregular green and regulation stats, especially with long irons that can putt well, shorter hitters could be worth using. Um also targeting targeting golfers with good proximity stats from the rough. Could be key. The average proximity of approach shots from the rough at Quail Hollow is usually the worst on tour. And again, if that rough is higher than normal, that's going to be even more tougher. Uh, another aspect of the tee off the tee for golfers to face is a lot of right to left dog legs, which you know, could favor golfers who hit a natural draw. On approach shots, golfers will be hitting into greens that are average in size with multi tiers and massive undulation. Um, Bunkers surround some uh, some of these greens and water is in play on a couple of approach shots as well. After having some problems with the greens upkeep, the course switched to champion Bermuda greens, uh, overseeded with Poa uh, a few years ago. These are very difficult greens to putt on. Uh, Over the years, this course has consistently had the lowest make percentage in putts inside of 10 feet. Um, even though I don't mention it in like the key stats I'm looking for and stuff like that, looking for at good putters inside of 10 feet might be a good play as well. Uh, the stint meter this week, probably around 12. We saw it at like 13, 13 and a half for the president's cup last year. I don't think it's going to be that fast. Uh, I think 12 is probably going to be uh, right where it's going to be, which is still pretty quick. Uh, and of course, check the weather forecast to see if there's going to be any type of advantages. Cam, but what are you looking for in golfers this week?
1: Can't get any deeper than that. That was a good one today. That's a lot. We got history here, though. Like you said, so course history itself pretty sticky. Even since the changes were made that you talked about, you go back and look all around golfers. Obviously, the field just got harder. It's a designated event. Everybody's here. Tough field. Tough course. All those factors. So my stuff that I look at stats wise is all pretty balanced for this week for the most part. You talked about stroke same par five, some of that stuff I like. And then stronger field, like strategy-wise, the stronger field, softer pricing rules apply, which means, again, ownership going to be pretty spread out besides the certain places that it's not. We'll talk about Rory in a minute. Go there. But I'm going to spend this time for two seconds, Kenny. First off, have got to thank my guy, Jeff. Masters hat down here. Got me some stuff for the Masters. Got me that. A ball marker. I want to say thank you to Jeff. I've never been there. Bucket list. I know you've been. <laughs> I want to go there for sure. But getting me that and waiting in the pro shop while he's getting the other stuff and hooking me out, very much thankful to Jeff, put it right on the shelf. It's going to stay there. I like that hat. Next thing, the Lister League. It is not out as of the time we're recording this. I'm hoping it's out by the time we get off. Good news. Good news. The good news is, first of all, the good news is that it's going to be for 1,250 spots. And because it was on DraftKings and not me this week for getting it out there, they're going to let it just run. So it always would be that way, but they're not going to be mad about the overlay. So it's going to be fine. If it doesn't fill, Let's still try and fill it, DGen Nation. We gotta get this thing up to twelve fifty. But if we don't, it's just gonna be a lot of overlay. So that's good. Uh, I think it's um, I think it's a thousand to first. I can't remember exactly, maybe seven fifty. But it's a big prize pool, balanced as always. Ten percent of first place to tenth, and then double your money for min cash five dollar three max. As always, the second good news is they're not gonna hold it against us for the PGA Championship. So still wanting to get to at least fifteen hundred for the PGA Championship, and that looks like it'll still be a go. So. No issues there, not gonna hold us against hold that against us. Lastly, before we get into these tears, Kenny, the contest. I had an elephant on my back last week, as I incorrectly said, and I forgot to mention what the actual contest was. We got a lot of likes on the video, which we do appreciate. We gotta stick with those likes, but you have to like this video and you have to comment in the comment section. your your big fade in the 8K range. You'll know why we're doing the 8K range when we get to it later on during these tiers. A lot of conversation to be had there, Kenny, but it's gonna be your fade in the 8K range. We will be giving away tickets, whether it's the 15, $20, whatever they run, or the $100 and, or I should say, gonna be giving away some tickets to that. So this is just one of the ways to get into the draw. Anyone that commented from last week will already be in it, but the like button and the comment, the most important thing on these videos over there on the YouTube channel. Take it away, Kenny. That's all I got.
0: Uh, what are you looking for in golfers? Did you already go over
1: that? Already went over that. Everything all right said. Let's go through these tiers then. Let's let's start
0: off on the top. We have Roy going all the way down to um
1: freaking Fina. Oh, uh, how are you going about this top range this week, Tamil? Well, we got to go back to Fina, right? This is the spot. And when golfers get cheaper after a win, he got 500 bucks cheaper. It's the spot to go back to it. So I think there's some interesting stuff you could do here. I think one. Uh, you know, playing Fina in general, I don't know how popular he's going to be coming off a win. Usually people like Cantlay. People always like X, but X's price is interesting. I'll talk on him in a second. And of course, Rory has the best history here. Like Rory's stuff is just incredible at this course. We'll talk about him in one second. But just going down, the 9K range doesn't look as popular. So uh, I think it's going to be like Rory, Cantlay is the bigger decisions, maybe X, and then drop down. I think going back to Finau, I also think skipping the three guys above him and starting with Fina would be unique. And then I also think, Just fading this range entirely is a possibility if you're building in sets. I was talking with somebody else today, sharp player that was just going through it and talking about building in sets where maybe you're still playing Rory, you play him, but then in the other lineups, you go completely against what those Rory lineups would look like. So you still have more lineups than most leveraged in that way. But here's the thing, Kenny, Rory's history is incredible. The stats bear out. Everyone knows that Rory is at this course. Go back to our conversation earlier about the each ways, math, Still says, I mean, what do you think Rory's going to be owned here? Because that's really what it comes down to. Rory, I'm really curious about that because you know he got went through a lot of
0: hate. Miss uh, skipping the last thing. I don't think that's going to affect his ownership. um I would ex- still, I would still expect him to be high, but not like rom
1: high from last week. Maybe yeah. high twenty percent, like twenty eight percent. It's hard for me to go away from that. So just my favorites up front. Rory, Cantley. And then I think X in tournaments. And like I said, feet there. So ranking them would be like Rory. is going to be one. Can't lay number two, probably X three. And then Fina, like I said, just go back to him because you can build in unique ways, but that would be my ranking for those four. Yeah. Rory's
0: number one in my book. I mean, I think he's won this event three times, right? The first one was his first win ever. And I, and uh, on the PGA tour, I think he missed a cut. The masters prior to that uh, in 2020, he missed a cut at the Masters. He really sucked into match play, was coming in on poor form, and he won that. Um, so I would go ahead. I would pencil him in. Uh, I got no problem with him. Finau is my number two uh, play here. I like Finau a lot. Uh, I think, you know, once he catches fire, he tends to stay hot for multiple weeks. I think he can win this event. Uh, his course history here is not the best, but the Tony we're seeing now is Better than any Tony in the past. Uh, So I'm not too worried about, you know, his just above average course history. It's definitely not elite. I don't think he's finished top 10 here ever. Um, Maybe his first time, maybe, uh, but it's been a while. Uh, But I still like him. He's my second favorite play. I almost rostered him in cash. I decided to go uh, another strategy in cash uh, to try and get like four studs uh, in my lineup. So, uh, and I like X. Um, I can't decide between X and Cantley right now. I think I'm going to play Xander because overall, his overall game is so good, and he's just a little better with his longer irons than Cantley is. Um, and I think I'm going to start almost all of my lineups with one of these three guys. Uh, I think it's just going to start with like 45% Rory, like 25%, um, Finau, 30%. Xander probably is how I'm going to start it, unless I decide to flip and go can't That uh, that last spot is I'm not 100% sure. Uh but that leaves more uh, that leaves our next uh our next here. Like you said, do you think it's going to go overlooked the 9k range? Upper uh, 9k it, because- I
1: could see very like people are just going to decide on the guy up top and then after that it drops down to like Hovland M, maybe Day. And then, of course, you got to remember, which we're going to get to this, is, you know, it's the elephant in the room this time, Kenny, is when we get to the 8K range, Justin Thomas, 8,900 again. And then you've got Cam Young, 8,700. There's people talking about Sam Burns, people like the Gala. Like, again, there's all these things that just make it so you could see Morikawa, Spieth, Homa, even with his history, and Fitzpatrick all go overlooked, I think, in this 9K range. And then one of those guys up top, Besides the fact, like we just said, Rory likely gets overlooked in the sense of, sorry, I shouldn't say overlooked. He, he doesn't go overowned because there's so many options, right, is what we were trying to say. Like, it's not like we're going to see Rory 35 or 40% in most cases. I highly doubt that, at least maybe by the time we get to Thursday, but we'll see. But I'm just saying, like, your point on X or if you go back to Fina or something like that, I just think people want to stay up there and skip over this or go to one of Hovland or M at the bottom who will, like, versus go to Morikawa, Spieth, Homa, and Fitz. What's your thoughts on that? That's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, the one guy that sticks out to me is
0: Fitz, and I'm hoping that he uh, gets lower-owned coming off a win. You know, he's gained so much yardage off the tee. I mean, he's fucking long now. The guy bombs it out there. Uh, You know, okay, his iron game hasn't been uh, the greatest, uh, but he's really good. Uh, But, you know, but the length is there. He's good around the greens. I I I just like and I th- I think hopefully that he's going to be under owned because Homa you know normally you play Homa on Homa tracks he's basically become the new Bubba Homa in my opinion where you play Homa on Homa tracks this is a Homa track people know it's a Homa track I mean I know his win last year doesn't count because it happened at um in Potomac but he still won here in what two thousand nine two thousand One of those years he won it here. Um, and so uh, I like him, but I don't know. I, I I think, I I think I'd rather play Fitz at lower ownership, who's just been playing really well and the injury bug is gone. Now my two cash game cornerstones, they're going to start at this low low nine k range. It's going to be Hovland, uh, who finished sixth here last year ball striking supreme. The thing about it is, you do have to, there is a good amount of around the green play because of, of all the long irons you're going to hit, and you the, the green regulation percentage here is not very high. I think it's averaged maybe around 55%, 60%, something like that, which is, I think that the tour average is 65, so you're going to miss some of these greens, um, especially if that rough is up. We'll see uh, how that goes during the week, but the ground around the green game play here is pretty easy. Like the difficulty around the green is like outside the top 20, outside the top 25 uh, difficulty around the green uh, at this event year in and year out. So it, it it doesn't, it's not that hard to get it up and down. So that should hopefully help uh, the people who suck around the green. We'll see. But the one thing you notice about Hovland this year, is we've seen some glimpses of like, really strong short game. It doesn't happen like consistency's probably not there uh, as much as he'd like, but the, he's made some really nice delicate type uh you know chips from off the green. There was one I think it, it was from a, from a few weeks ago. Uh, the heritage where he had to hit one sky high. It was he 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 has that in his repertoire now. It's just a matter of consistency, and hopefully his ball striking is good enough to go ahead and, and look over his weakness with his short game. I took the bet at uh, twenty to one for him. Also, uh, Sung Jay I talked about him. Uh, he's due for a win. Um, I don't have him on my card yet, but I think I'm going to add him. Um again Tita Green he's one of the best in the field like he's just good at everything like him and Xander are very similar uh, about that like they are well above average in basically every single strokes gain category and this 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 course is going to test every facet of your game uh you know and so even though he's not the longest guy uh, Sung Jay's so good. You know, he, he, he's well above average uh, with his longer irons. I really like Sung this week. I'm going to start with those two games, uh, those two guys in my cash. And then I'm just going to go ahead to the, to the rest of the 8K. Um, oh, you know what? Sung Jay's not in my cash game cornerstone, but he is in my cash lineup. So there's an extra one for you. Added that for you uh, because I am going four guys in this high 8K. A uh, low nine k range in cash. It's going to be Cameron Young. It's going to be um, Victor Hovland, Sung J M, and then my two other cash game, my two other real cash game cornerstones, Justin Thomas and 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 uh, Cam Young. Uh, when it comes to JT, it's eighty nine hundred dollars. The upside's there on a course that he has won before. You know he's he's had about three weeks off to shake off hopefully any type of injury, hip injury that he he was facing, which was the rumor. Uh, that he had. He said he's playing well. He says he's healthy. I'm ready for him to have a good week uh, on a course where he is very, very familiar. Uh, I like JT. He's going to be my second cash game cornerstone. Third cash game cornerstone is Cam Young. The guy's playing too well. His length is going to play uh, very, very well on this course, especially if the rough gets up to like three inches. If you hear that, they are going to pound him. Um, so yeah, those, those are the three guys up here. I gave you my fourth. You fit those four guys in your cash lineup. You still have over $14,000 to fill out the rest of your lineup. And those four guys, I think should be in everyone's top 10 favorites to win this event. So I, I like that in my cash lineup this week. And that's how I'm going to go uh, about it. Other guys um in this 8K range that I will be looking at. Don't sleep on the Koreans this week. I say this every every week. But the last time we saw all these Koreans play on this course, they held their fucking own against the Americans uh, in the President's Cup. It has to have some type of feel good for Tom Kim, for K.H. Lee, for Wu, for uh, Sung Jae to come back here uh, on a place where, you know, they, they got really recognized on a global stage uh, for the, I mean, for some of them for the first time. And uh, that's why I, I I like the Koreans a lot uh, this week. Going down a little bit more, Shane Lowry, one of my favorites down here, down below, just because of how good his long iron play is. Shane's been boom or bust uh, all season, but I think for $8,100, it's worth the risk to play him just because of the long iron, how good he is with the long irons, uh, and, and he's long enough. Uh, and I like... The way his game should fit well above average uh, around the green. Uh, like I said, top 20 from 175 to 200, 200 plus, you know, top 50 in driving distance. His iron game is still strong. I like Shane a lot. Who do you like in this range?
1: Yeah, i will just going back to the nine because I didn't really go through it. But just to talk about that top uh, upper part where you mentioned with mm-hmm. like Morikawa, Speth, Homa, Fitzpatrick, all that. One of the most interesting notes, and you segued it good for me because I do want to tie it into the 8K range anyway. But like so, Hovland, Cam Young, and even JT. These are just some. So JT, for example, twenty fifth, miss cut, tenth, sixtieth. Okay, boom bust. It's JT. We know what he is. You go back, Cam Young. What do we see here with Cam Young? Fifty first, seventh, and second. Fifty first. It's boom. You know, boom bust. You get that. And then who's the other guy I mentioned? Uh, JT, Cam Young, and Hovland. uh, Hovland. uh, Hovland. Fifty nine, seven 31st, 3rd. Now you go to some of the guys you were talking about, like, you know, or I can bring it up, like speed. I don't think you mentioned it, but just go back to the speed. 2nd, 4th, the 31's there, but 3rd, 4th, 6th. Like th- these are all the types of results he's giving you. M, 6th, 6, seven 16 17 6 21st. All in that mix. Going back up top to the X, X-Man you talked about. 4th, 4th, 10th, 8th, 19th. Th- he's more expensive, but just to show it, like some of these ranges, this is what we do In week in, week out, home is the same. Miss cut, miss cut, 43rd. You're going to have to take your chances. But it's just funny to me, Kenny, that I think a lot of the ownership seemingly sits in some of these guys in this range. Hovland, JT, and Cam Young. Remember, it's not who you play, it's how you play them. But I'm just saying, a lot of the ownership seemingly will sit on these guys that are much more boom-bust when we have some pretty solid options around them that just come out get the job done, give you a, a nice made cut, a high floor with the ceiling to get the job done of a top seven, top six, top five sort of thing. And, and if they win, they win. We're waiting on that in some cases. So I like some of those calls that you made there. The Fitzpatrick one is pretty interesting. You talked about the distance, but also pretty good on par fives this season as well, just in general. Like I said, that can be a big factor here. Uh, speeth was one up in the 9K range, just to mention it. Maybe can spray it, get away with this spray a little bit more off the tee. I know they said there was mental fatigue Didn't look like it going out there, maybe at the last second, but I mean, he was right there in the mix, another uh, playoff or whatever it was at the RBC Heritage to finish second. So unfortunate result, but still right in the mix. And then the guy he was with there in Fitzpatrick. So I just think looking at some of this stuff, you've got speed, Fitzpatrick. Then you drop down into this 8K range. I really do like the JT spot because the price is just so good, but I feel like we are getting sucked back in. I posted on Twitter today, the old, ah, shit, here we go again set up because that's what it feels like. The price, the setup, everything makes it seem that way. But going down, you mentioned Tom Kim. The last, Someone tweet, someone posted that right away on that said, you remember what happened to JT? It was Tom Kim who was taking him down, Kenny, at this course last time out. He was one of the matchups there that Tom got the job done. Tom then went on to play Max Homa, pretty heavy. He took him right to the 18th hole before losing to Homa in that sort of final matchup there. So just to look at some of these spots. And then I'm with you on Lowry. Uh, I think you could see like the Lowry's, the Fleetwood, even Harmon. You could find those guys, just find their way around here, Kenny, where it's just going to be set themselves up well off the tee, find the green. If they don't find it, these guys have good short games and good around the green games enough to make it up there. And then the putting can sort of, some in some cases, Kenny, the way it's set up, negate itself a little bit. And then it's just whoever finds the putter versus who is the best putter. So I think that's kind of one of the things I'm looking at in this range. I think uh, Thigala still does stand out for those liking him. It definitely seems like a good spot. For him, but that's like four or five of the guys I like in here. And then I mentioned to you earlier, last one, Kenny. Everyone's saying his price is so bad. But again, going back to my same example I just gave you. So Ricky Fowler here, fourth, 21st, fifth, fourth. I think he won here back in the day. I can't remember what year, if it was at this course, he's won the uh the Wells Fargo. I think it might have been 2012, way back in the day. But just to bring up closer r- results, fourth, fifth, four three of his last five outings in a 21st. And then you go look at what he's been doing right? 15th, 10th, 17th, 13th, 20th, 10th. This guy is a top 20 machine right now. And he's at 8,800. He's just over your average pricing on DraftKings and squeezed right between JT and Cam Young. I'm definitely playing some Ricky Fowler this week. I don't care what people think about him or not. He's been playing better golf. Of course, sets up well for him. To me, it makes sense in tournaments at 8,800 to throw him in the mix and get different elsewhere. So er, er yeah. And get different from the guys he's around, I should say, like the JT Cam Young in some spots. So I don't hate him. Do you have any Ricky Fowler thoughts or anybody else in this range? Oh, yeah, I'm
0: playing Ricky. The guy's playing really, really well. I mean, like you said, you, you, you he's been consistent. He's been playing well. He's one year before. I got no problem. Uh, usually his ownership is a little bit higher than you would like. But like you said, he's going to be crammed between Cam Young and JT. Uh, that's going to take away some of his ownership.
1: Yeah. And last note real quick, just to go back to our guy, my bad rash from earlier, this is a prime example too, Kenny, if you were setting yourself up from this week, just a uh, you know one-off spot here that I'm just thinking about out loud, but I was just talking about Speeth, Fitzpatrick, you know, uh, even like I said up above like X or any of those guys like, you could build a lineup that just skips this 8K range where, yeah, there's going to be guys you're scared of. it's J.T, it's Fowler we just talked about. it's Cam Young who we talked about, Degala, all those, but you could skip that range, that little bundle. Right there and just build three 9K guys or two 9Ks and a 10K. There is a lot of playable options when we get down to the low sevens here this week, and even some guys in the six Ks that you can play. So I, I'd actually have no issue just trying to skip this bubble in some of your lineups and just take that chance in a single entry or something to build different versus worry about which one is it that's going to come through of all the guys that we just mentioned.
0: All right, let's go down to the 7K range. I'll just go ahead and do my last cash game cornerstone. It's going to be a million Greo. Definitely doesn't have the length uh of the other guys in my cash game cornerstones but he's coming in on a couple of top tens he has a couple of top 15s heading uh, at this course the last couple of times he's played um i'll go ahead and take that form uh current form and course form and go ahead and use him as my final cash game cornerstone of course you know his iron play is the strongest thing there uh hopefully he can putt semi-decent he's been playing his putter's been average this season. That's sort of why he's been getting some decent finishes uh, out here. Uh, and I don't hate him. So my cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Victor Hovland at $9,200, um, JT at 89 Uh Cameron Young at 87 uh and Grio at 74 This leaves like $16,000 almost uh, to fill out the rest of your line. And you can go all the way up to the 9 k range, which is what I'm doing, because you all know I got Sungjae, uh in that lineup. So you guys got five of my cash lineups, uh, cash people this week. Now, other guys that I do like in this 7K range. You know, Corey Connors plays really well on long courses. Even though he's short off the tee or short-ish, he plays par fives very, very well. And he's very good at longer courses. So I think you could take a peek at him. Keith Mitchell has the course history. Uh, a couple of, you know, he had a good little run uh, earlier this year. Uh, I do not hate that. I like Keegan a lot. Uh, I know his form at this course hasn't been the best, uh, but like it seems like this is the type of course where his game can be suited pretty well. I mean, again, top 20 uh, from 175 to 200. He's not short and he's not long. He's right in the middle. Of course, his iron game. Is super strong. Uh, And and another guy in this upper range that I might take a flyer on is Montgomery. Um, Again, when it comes – his putting is good. Uh, He's long enough off the tee. Uh, Over 200 yards, well above average. Uh, Short game, well above average. I can get behind a little Montgomery this week. Who do you like in this top 7K range?
1: Coco let the team down when it was here at the president's cup, him and uh, him and Pendrith both actually yeah. played pretty poorly that week. I know it wasn't probably not going to happen anyway, but it was a fun week. To, I, I remember it. Uh, I actually think I won the main GPP that week. So I actually have good memories of that, but yeah, Coco. Shocking. Really, really let the squad <laughs> down. Well, it just made me think this is a good spot for me. I was just remembering that like, Quail, we're back. Let's, let's get another GPP win this week. There's a, a mega Millie up there on DraftKings. So looking oh, nice. at this spot, this range, I think, you know, Keith Mitchell, is going to be popular. I think Wyndham Clark is going to stay popular. And then of course, Gary Woodland is going to be popular here as well. I know some, you know, I bet him for sure 90. I know there's people that chase that quite a bit. We're all still up from Gary's US Open win. So that's why we can continue to bet this guy and just slowly donate it back. But in this range, some of the guys that stand out, Kenny, just looking at it like, uh, you know, Keegan Bradley, go back to him. I like your C Wu call. I like Taylor Moore and what he's been doing, obviously getting that win at the Valspar, just playing good golf. I think going to him, is interesting patrick rogers continues to play pretty good golf so i don't mind him uh, i don't know if i can do davis riley now individual he might need the teammate or something but uh, going back to him i mean he is coming off a win with a one nick hardy who we we'll can talk about later but uh cam davis stands out at 7500 i don't hate your grillo call hayden buckley i like at 7400 and then going down there's a few other guys at the bottom but do you have other guys up there or do you want to talk about the bottom range yeah, I mean, in the bottom range, uh, I like I like uh, Cam Davis again. Uh,
0: I can't just never get off that guy. Uh, I liked him the last time he went out, and he shot like 80 uh, on <laughs> during round one, but shot like 64 in round two uh, or something like that. The last time he was I think the last time and the time before. Um, I, I like his game for this type, of course, uh, so I can get behind Cam Davis again. Another guy who excels – uh, in the long iron play, and it's long off the tee. And when you get down to this range, you can almost pick golfers who you played last week and be pretty comfortable plugging them in. Now the course isn't as easy, but you hit a lot of long irons, and you know driving distance it was key last week. So I mean, yeah, very very similar. The one difference that Wells Fargo is going to have is the narrower fairways, uh, a little bit thicker rough, and of course the dog legs. Uh, But when it comes down to where golfers are hitting their shots from pretty similar to last week. Um, Now other guys I can get behind uh, down here, Steven Yeager, uh, again, who had a good showing last week. Um, Joel Dahlman is a course history guy. That's someone who can get behind Uh, Ben on. I think he shot 63, 64 uh, on Sunday after having no AC in his hotel for the whole week in Mexico. That sucks for you, Ben. I have, I'm sorry. Again, stick with the Koreans. Uh, going down here, going down low, Nick Hardy. Uh, of course, him and Davis Riley coming off their win. I mean, there's definitely plays down here. I mean, I could go back to Pendrith at 7,000. He showed me a little bit of something last week, the first couple of rounds. He looked really good. Uh, finished inside the top 30 after struggling here for a while.
1: Um, So I can probably get back on him. Who do you like in this low 7K? I'm with you on some Koreans. S.H. Uh, Kim, I think right at the very bottom, stands out. K.H. Lee. K.H., Benny Ann. I like all those guys you mentioned. Ben Martin stands out a little bit. I always like some Poston, uh, you know, Hossler. I, I like your call about just guys that were playing good coming in, like Steven Yeager, uh, Kirk Kiriyama, K.H. Bat- Lee. Yeah, that's Batia. yeah. yeah, Batia's there, too, yeah. The the guy I really like is Kiriyama, though. I think he will pick up a little steam as the week goes on. But just again, we saw how well he's played in some of these bigger, stronger field, like events with the big dogs in it. And then obviously getting the job done at API was a good start for him there. So I think just looking at that, someone like him stands out. I mentioned the other guys there, but yeah, there's a lot of options that are playable down here. Kenny, these are just the ones that stood out. Denny McCarthy going back up some, I liked your Cam Davis call. I think there's some that bet him this week. Here's another example, like Cam Davis. I got to look it up. Someone, called it out earlier i should have it like right here but uh look at cam davis yeah so 26th here last time out but just look at his last three of his last four seventh 17th and sixth stats all look pretty good and the one
0: miss cut he had he shot a 64
1: yeah (laughs) you're on it more than i am i mean that to me just tells you again we'll see what his ownership and stuff gets to but just looking at it a lot of these options very playable where like i said you could easily get three or four of these guys and lead, leave those 8K guys out where you have to make a decision. Or this is it this guy or that guy? Who's it going to be? And just try and beat that range and build differently. So I definitely think there's some options down here. I mentioned a bunch of them. But just some of those that stood out to me. Uh, you know, Akshay, who you mentioned, maybe go back to the well there. Just in general, though, a lot of guys down here that you can use. Will Gordon is at 6,900. We're going there next. But um, 6,900 has like Will Gordon. Luke List, two people liked last week. Aaron Rye. Joseph Bramlett, like 6,900 is loaded with guys that I think people have interest in as well. So I expect. Spencer and Bramlett, who I was yeah. about to go down
0: there. Those are the two guys that stuck out at 69 for me.
1: Yeah, I, I think people are going to go there. Just I mean, it's, mm. it's okay they go there. I mean, like, you're right. That's what we're seeing. There's options down here. Will Gordon, another one, and then mm. uh, Bramlett after last week. I think it just makes sense going down to some of these guys. Or anybody else 6,800 and below that you want to talk about?
0: I mean, we could talk about Matt Hughes, difficult course. Coming out there. You can, you know, you can look at him. Uh, his stats aren't gonna say anything. Uh, but you, you you get a difficult long course. It seems like he does well on those uh for some reason. Um uh Eric Cole, guy who played well last week. I can get back get back behind. Dylan Wu, who, you know, could be in my cash lineup uh <laughs> as of right now. Um, you know, he's made, I don't know, like eight, seven, eight, nine cuts in a row, top 15 last week. Yeah, go ahead. I, I can have him as the lowest-priced guy in my cash lineup, no problem, just so Good. I can get those Good. four studs, you know, if I wanted to. I got no problem with that. Austin Smotherman, uh, you know, again, played well last week. Cam Champ, 350-1, to one, eight places each way. Yeah, I already put that bet in. Uh, you know, when he gets hot, he gets, you know, we'll, we'll see. He finished top ten last week uh, on a course that's, like I said, very similar yardage ranges uh, to hit your uh, approach shots after your drive. Uh, So he's someone to look at down there and Mullinex down at 6,400 guy, another guy who is long off the tee
1: and really good with his longer irons. I got to boost my cam champ exposure now, because for the bit you just mentioned the each way conversation around that. So I can already see the post on Saturday night, cam champs top five and Kenny tweeting with the screenshot. What do I do with this one guys? So we got to play some Cam Champ. I'm cashing the fuck out, bro. I'm
0: cashing the fuck out. (laughs) Now I actually bet him at three hundred to one with eight places
1: and at three fifty to one with five places. I'm in. We got to do it. Uh, I know. I went uh, both. I like the woo call. I said it's funny. You said could be in your cash. I mean, the full thing is on the table now, so that's good. Mm -hmm. But uh, did you see the Andrew Novak tweet about? about Ah, yeah, he he was bitter. And then he was supposed to follow him. He's like, Oh shit. Dylan's on Twitter. I have to say he's a good guy now. Cause I just sort yeah. of ripped him saying that this guy shouldn't get another so, one. So if you, yeah,
0: if you didn't hear Andrew Novak bitched on Twitter that uh, he didn't get a sponsor's exemption for this week and Dylan Wu got his third sponsor's exemption of the year. And so uh, Andrew Novak sort of called Dylan Wu out on that. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's not Dylan Wu's fault. I mean, fuck it. If you're going to give, they're going to give you a, a sponsor's exemption. You're going to take that motherfucker. And besides, you know Wu's been playing better than you, Andrew. Not by much, might, but just might, by by a little.
1: Might be a play better thing, though. You said it, yeah. Kenny. I mean, look at yeah. Wu is actually interesting. I know why nobody mentioned. cares. Work harder, motherfucker. That's right. We know that one. There That's, you go. But yeah, the the uh, stuff on him, and you mentioned it, but like you know, people are wondering why you like him for cash, or if you did. Just looking at it, but look at him. One missed cut in like his last eight events, and there's three, four, four top, three top sixteens in there and then add some top 35s and stuff. So, I mean, he's definitely interesting to play at 6,700. I know Mayo is going to like Davis Thompson at 6,600. He always likes him. So, he's a guy you could go to down here. I always play a little bit of Tyler Duncan. I like your Mullinax call. And then what are you going to do with this guy, Toasty? Now that everyone got to at least hear him speak and talk about him, he played really well last week. Strength of field changes, and he stays at the same price because this goes back to our conversation from last week. There's just nothing they can do about the prices. They're not going to boost him to eight grand or something. They can't. The field's too strong. They're not going to plug him down at 6K. He played really well last week. So instead, he just stays at 6,500. So on paper, he has to be a worse play because of the fact that the field's stronger and he's the same price. But when the lowest price goes is 6,000 and the field got that much stronger and he's still in it. I mean, he's coming off of a great week, got himself the top 10 exemption. Now probably way lower ownership. To make it a little bit better, Kenny, what do you do with a guy like him at sixty five hundred?
0: I mean, I don't know where the fuck I was last week because I didn't hear anyone mention him. I think it was just not online as much as I normally am uh, last week. I don't know why. Uh, could be due to the acid. Uh, but anyways, like you know, Correct. so um, so I didn't even I didn't even roster.
1: I know he's been crushing the corn ferry tour, right? That's so- what happened. He was coming in on like four top twenty fives or tw- top twenty sevens or better or something, with three of them being top. 15s or something i I knew that right but i didn't know like everybody was going to be on them. it led to that so yeah that's that's why i'm wondering if you would you go back to him this week or did you miss the boat i mean here's the thing if you played
0: well last week like i said pretty similar like not similar course but similar yardages you're going to be hitting your approach shots to i could get behind it
1: all right
0: sounds good i got nobody else down here right now first look all right bets i only have three right now First, it's Hovland 20 to one, Cam Young 22 to one, and then Camp Champ 350 to one with five places each
1: way, 300 to one with eight places each way. All in Camp Champ. Yeah, I'm with you on Hovland 20. I got Thigala. Four, so all these with eight places. Thigala 45. Usually don't do it more. I usually go 50 or above, but that was good for eight places with Thigala, I thought. Mitchell 60, Woodland 90, and Kittyama 110. I like that kitty Yama number. I mean again if you get super popular, so it's probably not the best play on DraftKings because we named like 30 guys down there that you could play instead. But the point being uh his price seems cheap, his odds seem good. He's definitely a guy that I could see showing up. Again, he's just been playing really good golf. So I like that. I like the card. Five guys right now, room for more only hovland up top. So I, I don't know. You know what I actually have a feeling and it segues to one and done Kenny because I'll give you a, I don't have like Roy or Homa or any of those guys left, but I think X. I think X is really interesting this week in DraftKings, squeezed between Cantlay, McIlroy, and Finau coming off the win or just going down to that 9K range. And then I just look at his numbers, like everything we said earlier about Sung Sungjae or about Finau going into last week. Go look at X, 4th, 4th, 10th, 8th, 19th. I know he's priced at 10.7, and he's like 14 or 18 to 1 in the betting market, but the point being, I mean, that's what it is. That The favorites have been doing very well this season in the betting market, so I think for one and done, if you've got X, I think way more people will be on, like Rory and some of the other guys, the homos, or just guys that they'll use. There's so many options here that I really don't mind. If you've got X, I like using him one and done.
0: I had I was thinking I was like thinking about Rory, but I think you might have sold me on Xander. So uh, uh, you might have sold me on Xander on that. And I was thinking of just using Rory. It's an elevated event. Why the fuck not? But I like your take on Xander. It's going to be one of those two for me, Rory or Xander, for my one and done.
1: And I wonder, too, you can always see, by the way, I had Finau last week and that worked. I got him in oh, there. Nice. Yeah, only 54% have Xander left. Now, mind you, only only 41% have Rory. So that kind of negates that argument just to look mm-hmm. at it now that I see the actual ownerships. But it's getting slim. But there there is guys up there that you can use. Like, uh, what, is, what is JT? I was trying 50% JT, 70% Jason Day. 48 percent max homer so all it tells me i guess Kenny. Kind of the point i'm trying to prove is that it will get spread out in one and done as well like we're not going to see a 25 percent zander probably so it's just that's where i find an angle like that i would take advantage of it i think he can do well at i this... might throw up Homa because this is like the last Homa yeah. course
0: right yeah that he plays other than you know if you if you want to use him at the u.s open
1: no, no, no. I would reverse that too. It's up to you, but that's why I'm thinking of it in a different way. But I'm saying, like, again, you could use Homa here as the last Homa course and use X at the U.S. Open, but he'll be way more popular for those that have him left at the U.S. Open because he always crushes U.S. Open. Yeah. So tough, tough to hmm. say, but that's where I'm at.
0: All right. That sounds good. All right. You can find me on Twitter at KennoVT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership to Gups Corner.
1: Find me on Twitter at Tag and Tambo. The Tibbets will be out Wednesday morning. As always, I'll be right here on this channel as well on Wednesday with Mayo doing the in-studio show and still riding the free agency train right now, Kenny. So I'm just hanging out, doing my thing, having some fun. I actually bought a trailer. Well, maybe. We'll see. But if I I get it, maybe I'll post it out or something. It's pretty cool. So maybe do some more. Like like an RV? Yeah, like glamping. Like glamping. I've been talking Mm. about this for a while with the family. So basically, we set it up at my parents' cottage. Um, you, I posted about it before, but you go down there, it's like, there's a, a lot. You can just post it up and it's got like rooms and, you know, it's got a, a bunkhouse for the kids, got an Island to cook out, Like you can do everything there. So I don't know. It might be a, a good investment. We'll see, have some fun with it this summer, enjoy some family time, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. Taking a little break, but itching to get back in Kenny, itching to get back in doing what, what I love. We, what
0: do. we need to do is like take the show on the road. Like one year, use a trailer <laughs> go to a different, go to each golf event. Just fuck work. I mean, you don't, you don't work other than this. I'll take some time off if I get that six-figure bonus. I'll just take like th- like a month off, and then we
1: could just go from course to course. Uh, I will do and, that for like. Um, we'll find a one. If we did that for one month, it would be fun. Yeah, like yeah. we get even not that trailer, but we could rent a trailer oh. and just drive around and go event to to every event. To,
0: to, event to event for a month.
1: Man. And I mean, you gotta get uh, Wi-Fi. We would do it live
0: live from the from the kill RV. The content,
1: <laughs> that's right. the content fest. We yeah, just put yeah. everything and put it all out there. That would actually be a lot of fun. So I, I
0: would be hundred percent down with that. Disown
1: my family for one month and just go out and now, the, the only
0: issue is I am the only estimator in my company. So if I if failure. I if I didn't work, then like people would lose their jobs. Uh that's that that would be the only issue.
1: <laughs> but uh, hopefully we can figure something out um, alright anything else no good to go man gonna, gonna be excited it's a big all week right. lots of good tournaments over on DraftKings for this one so should be a great week overall I'm excited yeah big week informative podcast I learned new shit you gotta love it let's win some motherfucking
0: money e Nation I've been getting dirty money Jordan Belford stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds Tip them up with the words.